This is the Amazing Starts Here podcast. Today's guest, Josh Walker. That is Billy Harner. My name is Keith Rad, and today we get to chat with an all-around good guy and someone who, if you don't know now, you know kind of guy with Mets fans, put his name on the map. Uh, Bill, Josh went from the high A rotation to the triple A rotation in a matter of weeks and months and put together one of the most impressive summers I've seen, but definitely that you've seen doing this for a very long time. Yeah, Josh is one of the guys who, you know, we've been both been in this business in this sport for a while. He's, he's one of the guys who you root for. Um, he's one of the guys who will, will do anything you ask him to do. You know, sometimes you got to go to a birthday party and sign autographs for kids. Sometimes you got to wake up early and come work baseball camp. Like Josh is one of the guys who's, yeah, man, whatever, whatever you need, I'll do. Um, so he's a guy that from 2018, when he was first with the Cyclones, he's a guy that uh, we rooted for. He got hurt in 2019, um, didn't really pitch again after his time in Brooklyn in 2018 uh, again until this season for the most part he skipped 2020 obviously in 2021 he started off with with Brooklyn down in in Asheville and uh, threw six shutout innings and was a stud and just that was the explosion of Josh Walker this year in a, in a system that has been a little starved for um, starting pitching depth he's a guy who exploded onto the map this year and has solidified himself as, you know, if there's an injury in the big league club, he's going to be one of the first guys that gets mentioned about coming up and taking that spot this year. So uh, we enjoyed our time with Josh. We enjoyed uh, this segment that was presented by Martinelli's Apple Juice. <laughs> and we look forward to hopefully seeing Josh and Queens this year. So sit back, relax, pop that aforementioned Martinelli's and enjoy our conversation with Josh Walker. Okay, Josh Walker from the high rotation to the triple A rotation in what fe- well, it felt like 15 minutes. Uh, what was your 2021 season like? Uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, coming out of uh, spring spring training, I was obviously hoping to make like double A or something, you know, make a jump just because it had been, you know, a couple of years since I had played. Um, but, you know, I was just, um, I just wanted to be on the field. And so the fact that I was still playing was a blessing. And then, uh, you know, I let the chips fall where they may. And then I just said, told myself I was, uh, I was with Brooklyn, you know, and I loved being there in the past. I was just like, all right, I'll take this and run with it. And, uh, and I'll do my thing to the best of my ability. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. And, you know, it ended up being a good year, short stint in Brooklyn and then uh, moving on up the rest of the year. So it almost felt like separate seasons. Like by the time I was in AAA, the time in Brooklyn felt like it was the year prior. It was crazy. But uh, it was, but it was awesome experience, you know, with uh, all the teammates at each level moving up with some guys, and uh, you know, just having a bunch of different teammates, bunch of different perspective, experiences, coaches. It was wild, but it was a, again, it was a great experience. Definitely helped me grow. So saying it was a pretty good season is a bit of an understatement. I mean, you started off started off with with us in Brooklyn, and we're basically unhittable. You go to Double A, you throw a no hitter, uh, you end up in Triple A, and you're basically a, a, a sneeze and a stiff back away from making your major league debut. So like, what was your sort of standout moment from going to two years before where you're barely on the mound and uh, you're, you're barely playing baseball to being knocking on the door of, of triple a in the major leagues. What was sort of the standout moment for you for the whole year? Um, I, honestly, I think it was my first outing in Brooklyn, honestly. Um, when, 
when I took the mound that first time, I told myself going into the season that I was just going to attack. I wasn't going to be like afraid of results or, you know, or thinking about bad outcomes, anything like that, which something like that I kind of was a problem for me in the past was like almost like having some doubt here and there. And like, obviously you can't have that when you're on the mound, you got to be unconscious and attack. So I told myself like, you know, it's like this is a year that I need to prove something and you know, when I hit that mound, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to attack, attack, attack and go right at these guys and whatever happens, happens. And, um, the first time when I stepped on the mound, uh, we were in, uh, North Carolina and my first pitch, I was, my whole body was shaking. I was just like, I was, I was so nervous just to like be back on the bump in that moment. And I was like, all right, here we go. And, uh, and I think the first pitch, I threw. I was. It was like strike one. I was like, all right, we're going. We're like shaking, shaking these the jitters and uh, and just going right at guys. And just uh, it was really intent. It was just like at that moment, I was like, I don't want to regret a single pitch that I throw. I don't. I don't want to, you know, wish that like, oh, I I shouldn't have held this back. Like I should have given more, and I should have just, you know, had more intensity on the mound. I didn't want to have any of those thoughts after a game. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, let's do this. And like, that was kind of the switch in mentality of, of here it is, you know, hit it. And, you know, and that's kind of, uh, what took me through the whole season that, that kind of carried me the whole way. I think people looking at you would say, you know, what changed, what, what'd you turn on? Is it a question of what changed? Because in 2018, you pitched with the Cyclones, 2019, the car accident happens, the craziness with that, you missed that year. Come back in 2020, nobody's playing. And then 2021, you finally get to pitch. Do you feel like something changed or you finally got to pitch for a full season? Uh, I think a a bit of both. Um, The big thing during all that time off, um, you know, especially in 2019 with the car accident, having that year off, it was like a big um, kind of a chance to grow more so mentally on the mental side of things, you know, kind of understanding you know the situation and not not uh falling into self-pity or saying like oh why this happened to happen to me you know i granted i have a great support system around me that's always encouraging me and you know putting you know positive thoughts in my ear and uh and so you know it was just about learning learning how to handle that situation to use that time to get better to not see it as as like oh you know i should i should be halfway through the season right now i'm still rehabbing like you know like you know, what the hell type, type mentality to like, all right, I'm here now. What can I do? What can I do to get better? The, um, and for me, that was just diving into mechanics, you know, seeing where, you know, where I was lacking, where I was being inefficient and how I could fix that going to, you know, the resources I had there to, to work with me, trying to fix bad habits while I had that time. And, you know, going forward, you know, then it ended up the rest of the year, I wasn't able to come back because I had to get the nerve surgery. So and it was the same thing. It was just staying in a positive mental uh, state and not letting the, you know, the outside thoughts, those negative thoughts affect me and, and just trying to stay even keeled. And then when 2020 hit, it was almost just like, you get hit, you know, you get back up on your way up, and then you get hit back down again on the ground. It was just like, I had I had a couple times during quarantine where I was, uh, you know, questioning things, you know, thinking I might get, you know, uh, released during that first wave of guys that got let go during COVID with all the cutbacks and whatnot. But, uh, you know, that was just another huge mental hurdle. It's like if I can 
get through this is like, you know, if I can put my mind to this, like I can do anything. It's like, there's a lot of people that aren't playing. They're in the same situation as me. And it's going to be, you know, the, the guys that work hard and they're determined and want it, you know, more so than, you know, the guys that are just kind of, you know, Oh, we got this time off, you know, Oh, what am I going to do? Like, you know, this sucks, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was more so just taking advantage of those moments and changing the mindset. And that kind of helped me throughout this whole year through the good and the bad, you know, having good outings, getting promoted, you know, not getting too big of a head, um, continuing to be the same guy that got me promoted and not trying to hit the next level and do too much. Um, and then when the bad times hit, it was the same thing. It was just being able to stay even keeled, not being affected and riding the roller coaster. You know, granted, granted, we all have our times and we're venting to our teammates and coaches about, you know, our issues we're having, you know, and stuff goes on behind the scenes. But, you know, when you're on the mound, you got to almost just be robotic at times and just not be phased by anything, by the crowd, by the results, by an at-bat, by an inning. And, and no matter what happens, you just got to go back out and attack again and again. And so I think that was the, the biggest thing that that time off did for me was really help, help me grow mentally, you know, give me patience, you know, help me really focus on myself and what I wanted to work on and, and uh, yeah, use the resources around me, use the support system around me to uh, be able to stay locked in like that. So we, we touched on it briefly, you know, you, you mentioned the, the car accident in 2019 and how that sort of impacted your entire year, obviously. How frustrating was that for you to have, you know, injuries happen in the game, but you're, this is something you're just going about your business and get T-boned. And now all of a sudden your season's in the, in the, in the shitter. How does, how does, how difficult was that for you to deal with? Uh, it was tough at first, especially, you know, being I, – I had I spent two years in short season my draft year and in 18 when I was up in Brooklyn with you guys for the first time. And uh, so I was like, okay, you know, it, you know, it took it took a little bit. It took me an extra year, but now it's time to make up for, you know, make up some, for some lost time. So I really put a lot of work in that offseason. I was slated to go to low A but did well in spring, and they started me in high A, so I was – super excited to get going. I was back with a lot of the guys that were in Brooklyn with me the year prior, like Kyle Wilson and Kevin Smith and Ty Lohr and that whole group of guys. And uh, so we were, it was literally during our first, our first opening series in between two home games, two away games that it happened. And uh, that was, that was, that was tough to kind of wrap my head around, especially being, you know, I was just an eight in the morning, just on the way to catch the bus and uh, it was just like, what are the odds of this happening? You know, like it, it was almost like I just like didn't have an answer. I couldn't be I wasn't like like pissed, like super pissed. Like I was just thinking like, like, how could this happen? You know what I mean? It was kind of just like searching for answers. Like, like, why would this happen uh, after, you know, all this work and that and that? And, you know, when you have those moments, you know, when stuff like happens, like, oh, why? like, like, why? And and, you know, it was just again, it was. I was down for a little while when I couldn't throw or do anything. That was tough. Those days uh, really dragged when I'm just in there doing a little bit of work and not being able to throw or anything and, you know, and then having to burn 12 hours of the day. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say it almost like lit a fire and it's like, okay, another setback, more time to make up. It's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? And so I, it was just taking that mentality. Like I was talking about before, just, uh, growing in that way and, you know, becoming an adult and becoming more of a professional and how I handle myself, you know, each day of rehab and not, uh, 
not falling into bad habits with all the time I had on, on hand during that time and uh, just, you know, staying focused and thinking about the long term. And uh, that kind of helped me. That kind of helped me get through is not focusing on where I was right there, but, you know, the long term goal of where we still wanted to get to. I always find this to be like the most interesting thing when we, we talk. I've, I, you know, I've been in minor league baseball for 20 years and talked to players over the over the years. And whenever I ask a question about, you know, something like you went through with the car accident, the mentality of a professional athlete and overcoming these obstacles, that's like I don't think people understand that's what differentiates you from a normal person. Like I o- always say, you know, there's a, an episode of uh, Modern Family where Cam, who says something about I would not make a very good disabled person, like that's me. Like, <laughs> like the, the the mentality that you guys have. Um, where does that come from? Like, what do you look to? Where do you find your sort of center that that helps you get through these difficult times? Uh, honestly, I think it it really uh, comes from just that base uh, yearning for competition and and yearning to prove yourself. And my biggest competitor is myself, which should be the case with most athletes. I think that is the case. Um, so basically every kind of setback and or negative thing that happens, it's like the way I see it is it's a test. It's just a test to me. It's like, how am I going to react to this? How am I going to respond? You know, and that, and that kind of always, and that's, I'm competing with myself with, I could see, you know, how you could fall into, you know, a negative reaction, um, here and there. And it's not always perfect. You know, sometimes you give into emotions and this and that, and you can have your moments and that's fine. You know, we're human beings, not, not robots, but, uh, but that's basically, I think, uh, where I get it from is I'm competing with myself. Everything's a test. And it's like, I want to be as professional as I can be for me, not for everybody who's watching, but I want to be that way. I want to be able to control my emotions, you know, not be affected by, by this and that. And, you know, sometimes I can be, but you know, that's something I, you know, I'm working on every day and I, that carries that's on the field and off the field. So you had like quarantine experience before the rest of us had quarantine experience in 2020, in 2019, you're sitting there rehab and doing nothing. I mean, you kind of got a, an unfair jump start on the rest of us uh, who got really, really bored. <laughs> um, yeah. Last year, 2021, I mean, take me through the, the, the moments where, as a competitor, you always think you have big league stuff already, but there's always a hurdle. Hey, I've got to get through high hitters. Is my stuff good enough for double A? Now you're in double A, and then your your stuff's good enough in triple A. What was the moment where you were like, "Wow, my you know I, maybe I got hit around in high A a couple of weeks ago, but how, my stuff's playing in triple A." Like that that balance. How did you kind of get to that spot where you went, "Wow, my my stuff is triple A good." Uh, honestly, it was not my, uh, second outing, but it was my first outing, which ended up being a pretty brutal line. Uh, but when I first got there, you know, I talked to, uh, Andrew Mitchell was recently, uh, bumped up, uh, like a few days before me or in the same series. And, uh, and he already had an, an outing under his belt and, uh, we had talked about it. He threw again before I got up there, I believe. And, you know, so I was talking to him about it. He gave me some good perspective on him, how he was going into it. You know, I talked to the coaches and some other guys. Um, I wasn't slated to start for a few games after I got up there. And it was uh, my first inning. I was just like, 
like I had talked about before, I was just, I wanted to just keep attacking, doing the same thing that got me there, you know, not try and be, you know, someone I wasn't trying to go up and really throw harder or anything like that, or, uh, or get away from, you know, was helping me be successful. And so my first, my first couple innings, it was like, as soon as I stepped on the mound, they had, uh, some really good hitters in their lineup. Um, it was a uh, blue Jays affiliate at the time. And, uh, and I think they had some solid hitters like, uh, who was it? Kevin, Kevin Smith and, uh, and Tyler white guys like that. And they, and they had, you know, some other decent names in there. I can't recall right now, but, uh, it was right out the bat. Uh, you know, my pitches were playing, I was able to locate and execute and, and they were swinging over balls just like they would, you know, in double a when I was executing them. Unfortunately, you know, as the game went on, I start missing some spots and I quickly learned that in triple A, when you miss your spots more often, they're going to get on it, you know, than guys at the lower levels where sometimes you can get away with some mistakes. Uh, so I, I learned, you know, it's like my stuff plays and now it's just about consistently consistency, consistency. So I'm losing, using my grip on the language there. Um, <laughs> And so just being consistent and being able to execute, put the ball where you want, when you want. And, you know, when you're doing that, for the most part, you're going to be successful, you know. And when I, I found out later in that game, a couple innings later, uh, there's certain guys, you know, I didn't study enough for in my first series. And I, like, I missed a spot on a guy and gave up a, a three-run homer to him right in a spot where it's his sweet spot where he wants it. I'm thinking I'll fastball down the zone and boom, you know? And so it's just paying more attention to detail, knowing, knowing, uh, you know, where to throw to certain guys and, and hitting those spots. And you know, my stuff played, I knew my stuff was playing when I was getting hurt it was only when I wasn't executing. So I just, so I knew right then and there, I was like, oh, I can do this. And I know most of those guys have big league time. So, I, so at that point I'm like, I I can do this. I can, you know, fulfill my dream and make it to the big leagues. It's just a matter of, you know, continuing to work and getting that consistency. Yeah. I mean, that, that sense of accomplishment. I mean, do you remember the first time or like as a double A starter, right? Where you got to triple A. I I know you mentioned a few of them, but just like you make a pitch, like they say, you you swing over the top of it. You're like, huh, you know, I, I can do this. This is pretty cool. Not many people get to this spot. Uh, Yeah. I think it was, um, that was probably my uh, second outing in AAA when I had a good uh, home start. And, uh, you know, I was just like, I was continuing. I was just like coming off a bad outing. And I was like, all right, you know, just continue to attack the zone. Like, don't be afraid of these guys. You know, even though when you make a mistake, you know, they're going to bang it. It's like then, you know, lock in even even more, you know, and go after them. And, kind, you know, we, have a, we had a great stadium uh, in Syracuse. It's a beautiful park, you know, and that really felt like, like I was there, like I'm one step away and I'm in it. And now I'm like, okay, like this is real. But like at the same time, it was like, you kind of got to, you know, uh, hold back that kind of overwhelming feeling, you know, and just, and know like I'm here cause I put all in all this work to prepare for this. Like, and now, you know, I'm reaping what I sowed. And so it's like, I can't think like, Oh, oh my goodness. Like I'm a kid on a big league field. Like, I can't believe I'm here. Like, no, I could, you know, I did believe I was like, I believe I should have been there because I put the work in to be there. So, so at the time when there was moments where I was like, like probably that second outing where I was drinking it in, I was like, wow, this is real. You know, I took a couple moments for myself, like on the, when I was on the mound, you know, and it's just like, like, that's, it's an awesome feeling. And, you know, I'm, I just like, I'm proud of myself, you know, it's like doing it for a lot of reasons, but also for myself and, you know, been such a long road obviously since your kid working up to that that moment so 
you know, being there and knocking on the, basically knocking on the door of the big leagues. Um, that was probably it. Yeah. My second outing it took just, just a moment though. And then it was exhale and, you know, go to work. So you mentioned briefly um, earlier about Tyler being with you when you were, you know, in Brooklyn and then in St. Lucie. Um, <clears throat> how cool or motivating was that for you to see him sort of go from double A uh, and sort of an afterthought to being in the big league rotation just in a couple weeks? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, when I first when I first got up to double A, you know, obviously we played together back, like you said, in Brooklyn. Uh, and then I saw him a little bit around in St. Lucie when, when I was rehabbing there still. You know, so I've, I've basically kind of seen him, you know, throughout his minor league journey and played with him for the most part. But uh, uh, when I first got up to double A with him, I know he, I knew we were together in Instructs in 2020. You know, I saw him in spring. And then uh, – when I got up to Binghamton and it was like watching him throw, it was awesome. I only got to see one outing because he had been doing so well. And, he, and you know, basically everybody knew with everything that was going on with the org and injuries and whatnot that he could get could get called up at any point to AAA. So uh, it was just it was just really awesome to like witness. Obviously, super happy for him. And uh, he's like one of my one of my really, really good friends in the org. And we talk all the time and uh, and it's. And uh, it was just cool to see, you know, how he progressed and how he grew himself and, you know, being kind of similar, you know, like big body guy, you know, watching him, you know, make changes. He put in a lot of work during uh, quarantine, you know, to, uh, you know, fix some of his bad habits and kind of uh, obviously get better at pitching and do his thing. And the changes that he made, I was just uh, watching it in real time pay off. And it, and it was like, not, it was electric. And, uh, you know, being able to see him get up to that level so fast and then, like, main, basically maintain a spot in the rotation for the rest of the year was was just awesome. Uh, and that just – that's motivating for me, you know, and, and all the guys around him, you know, who, who want to see him do well and then have, you know, have that kind of belief that we keep working, you know, we can do well. You know, it's all just a matter of, you know, how much you want to put into it. We're all there. We all have the opportunity. You know, so you got to take uh, those times out on the mound and, and, and do your best, but all the work goes on behind the scenes, you know, and it just depends on how much you want to focus and how much you want to put into it uh, to see where you could really, where you could, you know, reach your potential, your full potential. So seeing him, you know, just start to, you know, get up, get up there, you know, and I think he could still even be better than he was last season, as great as he was. So, uh, you know, it's just a motivating factor. Awesome. Happy for him. Uh, you know, he killed it. He's a great dude too. So he's easy to root for. Uh, but yeah, it's just motivation. It's like, I want to be, I want to be there too. And it just makes you hungrier. And then you had Tommy Wilson, who just recently was traded like four and a half times in an hour uh, from, I think it was from the Mets yeah. to Mets to Seattle, Seattle to, uh, to Baltimore. Um, do you keep, keep in touch with him? I mean, he was, he was also your, uh, your year in 2018 a little bit. So th- did you talk to him about the, that whirlwind? Uh, yeah, we did talk a little bit. Um, you know, it was, it was like a busy time when that was happening for me. I was doing a lot of running around. So uh, him and Alan Winans were both two of my like real close buddies that uh, we ended up losing, unfortunately. But uh, I think, uh, you know, he just sees it as a new opportunity. You know, he's another guy who's just like, you know, it's positive, you know, likes to keep it like light energy and, and like fun doesn't take everything too seriously. But when he gets on the mound, he's a competitor. So like, you know, on the mound is like, I love seeing him out there doing his thing. 
Um, another guy that worked hard, made some changes to his delivery and was doing his thing. And that's, you know, probably why another team wanted to, wanted to take him. Obviously they saw potential in him. Um, but yeah, he's a great guy, great guy to be around, great guy to, uh, you know, talk shop with and, and, you know, baseball related or not. And, uh, you know, and sometimes those kind of guys are like X factors in the locker room sometimes, you know, even if, oh, hey, they're not going to have, you know, answers to you, like, you know, hey, there's certain guys you could talk to about mechanics that like really understand things, you know, you know, you like talk to that guy, this and that, but Tommy's just someone you like, like being around. And, uh, and so I know where that, wherever he was going to end up, you know, that was going to, uh, he was going to be fine. You know, he kind of, he kind of sees it as, you know, going with the flow and, you know, t- you know, taking this opportunity for what it is and trying to run with it. He said he was happy to, like I said before, he was happy to be back with uh, Kevin Smith. And he'll probably see him around a little bit uh, and be talking with him. Another, another great guy. So, uh, you know, I, I, in any environment, he'll, he'll do just fine. So, uh, so yeah, he's all good. Yeah. Tommy Wilson going with the flow sounds that's, that's pretty much a perfect summary. And if the right. baseball thing doesn't work out, he'll he'll win an Oscar or something like that with his his content production. Yeah, uh, right. Exactly. But he talked about the, so, some of these buddies of yours, you know, Winans and Kevin Smith and Tommy Wilson. Like they, how how difficult was it for you the first time you you know you come from college and you're with the same guys a lot of the a lot of your time in college, and then you get to the bigs and guys who you're friends with all of a sudden they're traded someplace else. Like what was that first time for you? Like when you know Kevin Smith gets traded to the Orioles or one of your buddies who all of a sudden you're like, that guy had a locker next to me for the last five months and now he's, now he's gone. What was that like and how difficult was that for you to deal with? Uh, yeah, no, it definitely kind of um, opened your eyes to like how dynamic the game can be in more ways than not. But um, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm closer with some guys than others, but like, uh, and I'd say those two, like Tommy and uh, Tommy and Alan were like probably two of my closest friends. Just I, I spent a lot of time with them. Tommy, obviously, he was involved in the car accident with me. Um, and uh, Alan, I was close with since he was drafted, you know, and we, we uh, spent a lot of time together, room to spring training together, you know. So so uh, those guys leaving, you know, those two, Kevin, it, it's weird. And it, what's funny enough is uh, me and Andrew Mitchell were talking the other day about uh, a picture that was taken back in Brooklyn when we were, at, I think it was Superhero Day, we were wearing the, uh, what was it? Black Panther uniforms. And there's like eight of us in the locker room, arm in arm, like taking a picture in those unis. And there was three of us left basically like in the Mets system, like all together. And we were just like, Holy cow. Like this is a trip. Like, and so, you know, it happens like incrementally, but you know, know, when you look back, it's like, Holy cow. Like we're, we're like, obviously blessed to be playing, but it's just crazy how, how, much it changes like year after year guys, you know, get traded or picked up or, uh, or released, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it stinks with certain guys, like, you know, guys you're close with guys like you, or guys you think were really good and didn't deserve to be, you know, released or this or that, you know, it can be, it can be tough at times, but, but, uh, you know, I think it kind of, um, transcends just like oh not being on the same team anymore when you're close with guys like so it's always just you know it's it's just the next chapter it's not like oh now we're not gonna be friends anymore like i still talk to like alan you know basically every day you know tommy here and there and uh and you know we're you know we're all just doing our own journey in the game and in life and so you know we're still supporting each other uh you know one way or another 
So, so like when that happens, it's just like, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the game. When guys get released, it's motivating, like, you know, don't get lazy, don't get complacent, you know, and, and, uh, guys get traded or whatever. It's just like, you know, there's, you know, keep working, keep working because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, if you get taken like that and then, you know, you get taken by another team that could need you in the big leagues right then and there, you know, it's just like, it's opportunities and just, you know, not getting too emotional with things and just keep continuing to work and, you know, just trusting the process until, uh, until it's time to hang them up, whenever that may be. Those are some very good looking black Panther uniforms. Very good. Yeah. Looking. I was going to say, you're talking about these heartstrings there. <laughs> Absolutely. That was a cool uni. <laughs> Bill, you could say thank you. You could say no, thank you. Really. Good. A few you. good ones. It, yes. yeah. You know, it's all, I we we do yeah. all this stuff, and I always wonder, like, do these guys hate me because I'm making them dress up like Black Panther <laughs> or dress up like Spider Man or whatever? Does this actually look cool? So it's nice to hear. You know, you guys sort of remember that stuff. No, yeah, there's some. There was some uh, some really good ones that I liked. Uh, some of them were we were like puzzled by. We're just like, all right, like we'll, we'll rock it. But it's always fun when we get like a promo jersey, you know. Cause some of them can be cool, and it's just cool to be in like a, a unique piece, you know. So uh, I love those broken bagel jerseys. I know we just had the the, the TBT post the other day. Those are cool with the pinstripes. The only thing that would have made it better is the pinstripe pants. But I bought one of those jerseys for my brother, and then the sign clone jerseys. I, those those are really cool. It's like it was like a baby blue, you know, with the sign clones. Uh, my family was always a big Seinfeld fan, fan so uh, I, yeah, I bought a few of those. They were they were there were some really cool ones. I wish I almost wish I like uh, they did that on each level more, you know. But Brooklyn, obviously, being, being like such a big market, and you got all those opportunities with the promos and stuff. It's uh, it's fun to be a part of. That was one of the reasons it was cool to play there, along with you know how electric the crowd can be when it's at full capacity or near, you know. Yeah, the jerseys that suck, those weren't mine. Okay. We'll <laughs> those, just those those. Key, those key <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, somebody else that's somebody else's fault. <laughs> Josh, you keep talking like this. You can be the first minor league guy to get a bobblehead before he uh before he makes the big oh, leagues. Uh, by the way, uh Alan Winans, I don't remember if if you had gone up to Syracuse or not, but he got an A B up in double A. Uh, he got an at bat. I don't know if you saw the video, but he had just le- he just gone from us at high A. And after the game, like Justin Lasco comes running in. He's like, where's the video? Where's the video? And Winans <laughs> takes, uh, I think he took a breaking ball for a strike and takes just two daddy hacks, but goes down <laughs> on three, three quick ones. It was, it was quite a memory just to, you know, but that shows you the, the love in the family within the minor leagues. If just cause you're not in the same clubhouse that day, everyone's, everyone's so, so close. So, right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I wasn't there for that. I wish I was. I actually never even saw the video. I think he told me about it, that he got an A-B, and I was just like, yeah, let's go. Especially being a reliever, usually you don't get that many A-Bs yeah. opportunities, so uh, so that's cool. But, uh, yeah, we always just have fun with it. Yeah. What was that? You could hear the broadcast. You could hear the broadcaster. He's like, now I think this is – is this Wynas, the reliever? <laughs> you know, he's like, just – I don't know what happened with the lineup, but he just blew his mind. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, those moments are fun. You know, it's the stuff you remember. That had to be part of COVID or something like that when they didn't have enough players or something. There's there's no other reason why that guy should get in that pass. Yeah, yeah. In double A, we had a few games where it's like Yezo was getting like two at bats and then like Riley uh, Gillum got an at bat. We had this one game where like pitchers had to hit almost like every time around because we were going through extras and we were running out of relief pitching. So it's like you got to hit. And some guys looked better than others in the box. I know I wasn't, I wasn't uh, looking too hot when I was up there, but uh, you know. It is what it is. Sometimes you got to do it. Uh, 
pregame, do you drink Martinelli's? Is that right? Apple juice? Isn't that like a thing that you do? Uh, not, well, it was during spring training this, this past spring, they stocked us like every day we had Martinelli's as a choice, like to drink. And I was just loving it. You know, I, I, I'm a big apple juice fan, you know, I don't have it all that often, but, uh, when the Martinelli's was just there, you know, basically it's stocked up whenever we could have them. I was like, yes, please. Every single day I'll take a Martinelli's. And I don't think I had one until like sometime in the middle of the season. Uh, and they were selling them. Oh, somewhere. I forget where it was. If it was like a deli or something. And I like picked up a couple, but, uh, it, funny enough, like I, I think I put a Martinelli's apple juice on my story, um, like right at the end of spring. And one of, one of our minor league buddies like made this like fake, like text message to me pretending to be like, uh, uh, salesman or, or rep from from martinelli's like southeast like trying to like say like hey we really liked your story like this that <laughs> we, we would love to work with you and uh and so he gave me this whole spiel and i was like it's like super fishy and i didn't respond to it but it but it was just like uh it was it was just a funny moment and uh stuff like that but yeah martinelli's some good stuff right there it's that golden fuel Keith's on a roll here, so give give him a minute. He might get to a sponsorship by the time this thing's over. So we'll, we'll throw this you out like, there and get you tagged. Keith's heat you like check. lobster? Keith's heat check. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw today, and uh, there's a Cropsy Bagel. Shout out Cropsy Bagel. Uh, I saw it today on my way in there, and uh, I literally was like, we're interviewing Josh Walker tonight. I forgot. I feel like you told me you had drank it like before every start. It was like you're just a, a thing. Do you have any other strange things you have to do before games? Get yourself psyched up game day. Starting pitchers are weird, man. You, you guys are Honestly, so weird. Is, so we need to know. Yeah. Every, everybody's got their own thing. Some guys are in the training room for like, you know, three hours, like just before every start and just doing their thing. I kind of almost like to unplug a little bit. Um, and not like overthink about everything, you know, I'm studying the hitters throughout the week so that when it's my time to go, you know, I'll look over the lineup again and, you know, just refresh my memory, how I'm going to attack each guy that day. But honestly, I like to, I like to kind of isolate a little bit and, uh, not, not like, Hey, don't talk to me or anything like that. Like, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll just go, you know, in the cafeteria and read or in some spot, some lounge spot, or even outside, depending on where we are, you know, read a couple chapters of a book. Um, you know, just kind of keep, keep the heart rate down and just like, you know, just go over like what I want to do in my head and not, not overthinking about the game, not overthinking about, oh, yeah, I have to be, I have to be in this mindset or that mindset, you know, it's just trusting, trusting my preparation, trusting, uh, the scouting reports and my catcher. And, you know, then I go, when I go to work with him, you know, we're just going to do our thing and not, not, um, kind of building up pressure on myself, like. Oh, like, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta like do this, like this game, you know, I gotta be sure to do this or that. Uh, I just, I like to kind of just, yeah, like I was saying, unplug, relax and kind of, uh, yeah, just approach it in that way and not say, oh, I have to eat this on my start day or I have to, I have to read this amount and do this and that and the other thing and listen to this song and that song. It just, uh, I kind of like to be prepared kind of for anything. I try, I just try, I try and stay out of the training room as much as possible, even for prep. Usually maybe I'll just heat my arm up a little bit, you know, get the blood flowing. But, uh, I don't, I don't almost don't like to stick to like a, a, a strict routine, like with like food and all that stuff. It's just, 
you know, I'll, I like to eat good. You know, I, I prepare in the right ways and mentally, you know, I, I calm myself down and I get kind of even keel and just like ready to go, you know, but, uh, I, cause like there's so many things that happen throughout a day, you know, you have an inconvenience. Now, if I don't, if I didn't have uh, my certain cup of coffee in the morning, I can't be thinking like, oh, now I'm not going to do well because I didn't have that cup of coffee. You know what I mean? And that's a, a reason I don't drink coffee, by the way, is because so many of my teammates are hooked on it. They drink it every day, every morning. If they don't have it, like they don't feel right. So I was like, I try and, you know, you know, just be normal, just be myself. And uh, and, uh, and that's how I do it. I don't fixate on one thing or another, have to do this or that, just uh, parts of my routine, just, you know, staying ready, stretching, you know, reading, going over the lineup and talking to my catcher about, you know, our game plan. And then we go. So uh, this is the last thing for me. You've been in the organization now for you know a handful of years. You've sort of seen the before Steve Cohen took over and the analytics department has now sort of exploded. You know, as a player, have you noticed a, a noticeable, noticeable difference between when you were first in the Mets organization back in 2017, 2018 um, to now and the, the analytics and how it's grown and been more of a part of the minor league system? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's for sure. Like analytics has definitely grown in our organization and, and in the game, you know, all together. Um, and, and, and the other part of it is, does it matter to you? Is that something you actually look at something that you pay attention to? Uh, yeah, I, well, to answer the first question, it was, uh, it used to be like, if you wanted to watch film of yourself, when I first got there, you needed to get approval and then get the okay from the video guys and then get a coach to be in there with you while you were watching. You couldn't like watch alone. And now, and now, you know, we all have access to the portal and we can watch whatever we want, whoever we want throughout across the league, you know, and, and go over it, you know, everything we have full, basically full access to all our numbers, everybody else's numbers, whatever you want to see. And, uh, and so that's definitely been like an evolution that I've noticed, uh, it's just like access to video and data like that. Um, and to answer the second question, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, it's like, you can go over all your numbers and video, but it's like, it's not always going to tell you how to fix like an issue you have, you know what I mean? So, so I see, I see my numbers on my pitches and I, and I kind of, uh, I, I take those and I've talked with guys like Ricky Monhold when he was in the system, he was a huge help helping me understand it. Winans also Alan Winans. He, he during 2020 during that time off, he really dove into the analytics himself and come uh, and, you know, for me, I was just like, I need to fix my mechanical issues, my foundation before I start, you know, messing with the, trying to adjust numbers and playing to this and that, trying to get more. It's like, I have, I need to, uh, foundationally be a better pitcher before I, before I, you know, take in all that noise. And so he kind of felt more comfortable with it. Had, I think he had a buddy that really was studied up on it and he learned a lot during quarantine about that. So we roomed together during spring training of 2021 and he helped me learn a little, little bit more. And then I, and then I talked to uh, Ricky Meinhold a lot about it whenever I could. And he, uh, he helped me understand how to use, uh, how to understand like which numbers, like how they played out on the mound and how they, how they were perceived by the hitter, what each thing actually means and how you can play to your strengths. When you're looking at your numbers, know what's good and what's bad, where you want to be. And so like I noticed uh, my fastball, I had a pretty good vertical break and extension, even though my spin rate wasn't too high. 
So I, so I, that meant I had a heavy ball, you know, and I had a good vert, which means I could throw up in the zone and get a uh, guy swinging under it or getting to pop up. So knowing that was one of my strengths just gave me confidence to throw at the top of the zone all year. And, uh, and I did it and did it effectively. And, and uh, you know, that gained confidence helped me do it better and better each outing, which is go out and, you know, play to that strength. And then uh, my secondary pitches off of that, you know, just, but I don't like to obsess over it. And like every outing, I got to see what my numbers were and they were up, you know, if there's a change, like I'll figure out why there was a change. But again, those numbers aren't telling me, Hey, you know, your arms not getting up into position on time or this or that. So I really like to dive into like the video more so and like see where I'm at and use the, use those numbers to an extent, but not, but not obsess over them and get too caught up and start, uh, almost like confusing myself or, or focusing on the wrong things, you know, trying to complicate things. So I kind of like to use it, but keep it simple and apply it, you know, in ways that, uh, will benefit me. But, uh, I, th- I still have I still have a ways to go and like that side of things and really learning even more about it and and uh, even it's like fine tuning uh, pitches and grips and whatnot to affect the numbers certain ways. Um, so I, I still have uh, uh, ways to go to really you know getting the most out of all the analytics. But again, I think it's like also smart to know when. Uh, when you need to block out some of that because analytics has become such a huge part of the game, you know, and uh, I know like, you know, guys like Bauer and, and people who just break everything down and say how they use it and whatnot. But, you know, not everybody could throw like Trevor Bauer or has control over their body like Trevor Bauer. It's taken years and years and years for him to get to that point and a lot of focus and hard work. And, you know, some guys aren't there yet. Like me, I'm not there yet. You know, I have foundational issues I need to focus on and fix, you know, and then, you know, when I get to the higher levels, and uh, hit the major leagues, hopefully, then um, I'm going to do whatever I can to get better each day. And when I feel like I can repeat my delivery consistently and get the most out of that, then I'm going to, you know, dive into uh, more into the analytics and saying, you know, how, how much further can I push myself? How, how much of this information can I use to give me more of an edge? So it's, you know, it's constantly, it never ends, you know, the chase to, to be better and reach your full potential. So, uh, you know, learning every day and, and, uh, yeah, but it's a it's a great tool to have, you know, compared to years ago when you know they really didn't have access to that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a get off my lawn kind of guy. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. But I I always found it interesting. You know, like there was a guy T.J. Barra who used to work in the uh, the Mets front office and did video and and some analytics stuff. He now works for the Milwaukee Bucks and just got a championship ring, which is just wild to me. Um, but you know, when I was when I went back a few years ago. Paul Seawald, who's now one of the top relievers for the Mariners, when he was in Binghamton, I think, you know, he was struggling and, and TJ just said to him, you just need to throw your slider more. Here's the numbers for it. And then he started throwing a slider more and he went skyrocket from Binghamton to the Mets to now he's in the big leagues and having crazy success with the Mariners. So every now and then I'm like, all right, yeah, I get it. Like when you hear a story like that, but uh, I'm always interested to see what a guy who's like in the midst of it, what, what you take of it. So that's a interesting that, you know, grain of salt, but it's still important. It's that's the message I'm getting. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Basically learn your strengths, play to them. Uh, so Josh, just lastly, um, after last year and I'm moving into 2022, I mean, I, the last thing you need, we don't really have to talk about the, the L word, but uh, once the lockout is over, uh, <laughs> everyone can kind of be normal again. I mean, 
what changes? What what do you look forward to this this year? Because you know, it, like you said, you're you're on the doorstep. Oh uh, well, yeah. I'm just looking forward to obviously that uh, you know that whole situation being resolved. You know, because uh, you know I'm trying to debut this year. Obviously, you know I've been working really hard this off season, uh, putting in a lot of work. Uh, you know, like most guys are. There's always guys working hard. You know, so you you gotta give everything you got, um, put your all into it. So. So yeah, my one of my goals is to obviously to debut and and finally you know kind of like reach that goal, realize that dream, which is uh, going to be an awesome moment. But obviously, you know, the sooner they figure things out, the better. You know, so who know? Hopefully, you know, it doesn't you know uh, delay the season or anything like that. But um, you know, I'm not I'm not too focused uh, you know on it. Like I'm not sweating or anything. You know, uh, I because I always I'm super self critical and I always see myself like you know, I could be a lot better. I could be a lot, a lot better. And I need to continue to work and work and work. That's kind of how my mentality always has been is, uh, is like, there's always a next level to get to. So I'm kind of just seeing this as of now as a point where it's like, I'm a guy who I wasn't protected. And so I'm using this time to get better. I'm trying to gain a little bit of VLO. That's one place that I'm lacking. You know, I got a big long body, you know, that I just need to figure out how to move it better. And in order to get that below. And so that's been a big emphasis for this off season was kind of taking a different approach to throwing the baseball in different ways. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's like, as of now, I basically would I assume I'd be pretty much in a triple A rotation. And, you know, as if the season gets pushed, I just see that as, you know, an opportunity to advertise myself, you know, and I'm just going to keep working and, you know, control what I can control. That's, that was a huge moniker through, the uh, accident through 2020 through COVID season and uh, last year too. And, and right now with the lockout L word, sorry, but uh, was just control. You can control. There's so much that goes on this game, you know, that, you know, think like things happen and, you know, like for instance, you can make a perfect pitch exactly where you want and a guy could put it over the wall. It's just like, is what it is. But uh, right now, you know, there's, you know, this is way above my control. You know, that's, uh, that whole situation has to resolve itself the, you know, the two sides have to, you know, come to an agreement, but you know, there's nothing I can do about that all, but I know what I can do is, you know, continuing to work, seeing things in a good perspective and kind of, uh, you know, seeing the situation and just trying to see the positive aspects of it, glass half full type mentality. And that, you know, that just keeps me, you know, keeps me ready, keeps me hungry and uh, ready to, you know, hit the big stage whenever that may be. You know, shorter spring training, some innings limits. Maybe they need a guy from AAA. Keith, yeah, and, I right. bring some, know. Keith and I bring some Martinelli's over to City Field. <laughs> Absolutely. You do that anytime. <laughs> Nectar of the gods. <laughs> 